0: Love Talk Radio Bless you Good evening. God bless you, God bless you. This is DTW. This is Reverend Aaron Williams, and as always, we are excited to be here with you tonight. You know, we just bless God uh, always for the opportunity. Um, I, I, I often <laughs> go through an argument with myself for ministering and preaching. You know, um, because to me, I'm I, I'm I'm more of a, a singer you know, a worshiper, that I am a minister as far as preaching the gospel. But um, I believe that God gives me a perspective uh, of the gospel, uh, being that my past was so tattered, you know, and and, and all of ours were. I mean, we we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But um, when I look at you know, uh, my qualifications. you know, that's what really bothers me. And, and pray for us. Pray for brothers. brother, you know, because I sometimes struggle with that, you know, of feeling unworthy of the grace, you know, and, and who is? Who is worthy of the grace of God that he's bestowed on us? Beloved, listen, we don't even know who we are yet. You know, you know it does not yet appear who we shall be, but what we do know is that we shall be like him when we see him for we're going to see him as he is i'm excited about my relationship with jesus but when you behold christ in the world when you behold the majesty of our Lord. When you behold the glory of God in the Word of God, I I see myself so small and insignificant. I see myself, you know, and and, and so, so unworthy, you know, that all I can do is bow. All I can do is worship. All I can do is say, thank you, Jesus, that He didn't give me over to the desires that I had, that I fulfilled on my own, that I, those things, that those vices, those idiosyncrasies, those proclivities that I cleaved to because, listen, I enjoyed it. But, see, the Bible reminded me that Moses chose, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm already excited. So before I get too excited, let's pray. God, we do thank you and we bless you. Bless you for the listening audience on Blog Talk, Facebook, whatever outlet or social media that they may see and hear this video. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would get glory to yourself. Save the unsaved. Deliver those that are in bondage. Set free the captives, God. Open blind eyes. Unstop deaf ears, God. Send your word, for it's your word. Hallelujah that brings us and takes us and directs us from earth to glory. It's your word, God, and your anointing that destroys every you. It's by your word that we are saved. And we just pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would have your way, even as we minister tonight, that you would have your way. Give glory to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. So we do thank God for you that are here, and, so, and, 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 and we, we, we're not we're, we're out for the crowd. We, we, we just like uh, my CD. I had a CD that I released in 2016. You know, have a lot more music, but not a lot more money. <laughs> you know, got a lot more songs, but it cost, you know, and uh, biz though, I don't really network well often, you know, um, everyone needs, everyone needs money. And I, I brother Aaron, they got it like that, you know. So um, with the CD, I financed it myself, you know, and the guys was telling me how to do it and, and how to, you know, venture out or, and how to network and how to, you know, publicize and publish myself. And I just wasn't into that. I, I was just, I wanted to get it out. You know, even the songs that I have in me now, I just want to get them out, you know, and just like this word, I just want to get it out. You know, so we we thank God for the desire, for we know it's Christ that works in us, both to will, listen, and to do. It's not just enough to want it in your heart. It's not just enough to to have the desire. But James reminds us that the hearers aren't justified because show me your faith. Without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. We know faith without works is dead, but we also know that's not a struggle there, that we're not saved by works. But if you know Christ, you will work. And I pray that the work that he's working in you, that through faith, you would bring it to pass, that you would move out of the realm of fear and move into the realm of faith. It's not easy all the time, but if you stay in the word and stay in God, the spirit of God will propel you. Will, the spirit of God will motivate you. The spirit of God will woo you into moving forward into doing the will of God because we are justified, those that do. It's too many things. God's been too good. He's given us too much on the inside. To sit it, y'all got to be quiet. Sitting down and not do anything. So God put it in. He didn't put it in you that you could just rejoice on the inside by yourself. He put it on the inside that you may share it with others. So we do thank God and we praise God for you, but we're gonna be coming and hopefully we'll be coming quickly out of Romans eight. You know, I've been reading Romans eight all week, you know, and we, we know the scripture. You know, there is therefore now no kind of condemnation. That's why I dealt with it on the first part, because when we talked about that, there is therefore now, right now no condemnation. And I told you at the beginning of the broadcast that that was one of the areas that I struggled with. That was one of the areas that was really weighing heavy in my spirit and in my mind because of the condemnation. As you move forward, you're reminded often, I know I am reminded often of my past and the things that I did and the things that I didn't do. It's not always sins of commission, but sometimes it's sins of omission, things that you didn't do that you should have did that brings you into this place but what God is doing for me is he's allowing and I'm allowing him to wash wash my mind wash wash my understanding wash my will not not just to wash me and to cleanse me on the outside, but to wash and cleanse me on the inside. Because before we get to there is therefore now, no condemnation, there is a struggle. There is a conversation that Paul had with himself and with us that he's talking about the frailty of our flesh, the unregenerated man, the the heart that we recognize that our life in the flesh is bound just sin. That, and I'm not saying bow like it's boring. I'm saying bound in chains because God did not come. Christ did not come to save our flesh. He came to save our soul. And our soul and our spirit on the inside of this body has been regenerated by the blood of Christ, by the, the redemption, by the atonement, by what Christ has done that now we stand before God as though we've never committed a sin. That's why we can say there is therefore not not because we're perfect and and, and I'm gonna read that because it says that and it, it illustrates that in chapter eight that it's not because he called us because we made it right you know in, in, in Second Corinthians it says that he he saved us and he called us with. A holy calling. That calling was righteous. The calling, the place where he called us into, the place where he called us from, everything about God's calling on your life is in holiness, is in righteousness, is in justification, is in sanctification. And God has done these things as we answer. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I already see, it because Romans 8 also says that, for whom he did foreknow, Yo, and 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 people say that well, God is meant for me to be saved. No, the Bible already tells you that the call went out to everybody. The call went out to everybody, everybody, everywhere. God is calling to Himself, but in His foreknowledge, God already knows who's going to say yes. That's why you can't write people off because of what you see, because man looks on the appearance, but God looks at the heart. All we are qualified to do is preach, and listen, we're not even qualified to do that. It's because of the Holy Spirit, because Romans reminds us that there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that do a good. Not one. So if it's anything good in you or I, it's the Holy Spirit because we have to allow the word to be true and let every man be alive. So when we go around and we try to puff ourselves and we try to boast in ourselves that we have accomplished, that we're good. Now listen, there are some good men and women out here. There are some men and women that you know that are morally correct that have been walking this way and walking in holiness, walking in righteousness, walking in sanctification, walking in the way of the Lord. As long as you know them. my grandparents were two of those people that walked in the will of God for as long as I know them. I've never seen them on the other side of the cross. I've always seen them on this side, and I I try to model my life after what I've seen. We know that Christ is the example, but God gave us a tangible example And listen, if you don't have someone that you can relate to, if you don't have someone that you can springboard off, if you don't have someone that's an example of Christ, then Christ is calling you to be that example. Why? Because somebody is looking at you. Somebody is is trying to learn from you. Someone is judging the world. Someone is judging the church. Someone is judging the Bible. Someone is judging authenticity by what they see you go through, by what they see in your life. But what they see, can hear, comes out of your mouth. How you carry, how you conduct yourself. The Bible says it like this: We are all men, are open as open epistles, known and read by all men, because Christ has come and He's put the ministry of reconciliation not just in us, but on us. We're beginning to look alive. Like Jesus, I know the song say it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but we're beginning to look a lot like Jesus. So even as we move forward, and I know that the title that I put out, that it's to those whom he called. And I'm hoping that I get there. I'm hoping I am get there. I'm not going to belabor it. You know me. I'm not going to push it further than I feel the push in me, you know me. Um, so, and, and that that's what I want to do, and what I'm going to start doing is just from verse to verse, I'm going to just start reading in chapter 8, but I do want to read, I mean, the more I look at chapter 7, the better it looks to read most or not all of it, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to start reading, I'm going to actually start reading at verse 7 of chapter 7, and and, 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 and that's really to a sort of base, so this thing might have more than one piece more than one part so we this might be part one i'm gonna name it part one but i don't know how we want to move with this so um as we go in it says what shall we say then this is romans seven i know it says eight on on the description i apologize for that but you know i i'm looking at this but you know what shall we say is the law sin god forbid nay I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. You know, and Paul just described it, that before there was a law, before there was a standard, I did what I wanted to do. Before God came and set his law in the earth, before Moses came and gave the tablets to Israel, before those commandments were set, men did what they thought was right, we So as as we talked about with the story a few months ago, we talked about the story with Samson, you know, and where the word of God said at the end of the chapter that every man did what was right in his own eyes. So as we move forward with that, and we're saying every man did, but then the law came. And it said, because the law, it, 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 it recognized or allowed me to recognize this battle that was inside of me, these struggles that was inside of me. And Paul asked the question, so, you know, because the law came and exposed this, is the law, God, he said, God forbid. But sin taking occasion by the commandment that we may recognize that there's a separate nature that there's a separate nature between our spirit and our flesh. It's a separate nature between the will of God being fulfilled and what we desire in our own selves. In this flesh, remember, dwelleth no good thing. But sin taking occasion by the commandment worked all kinds and all manners of craziness. It's in all manners of concupiscence or desire. For without the law, sin was dead. Because if no one told me thou should not kill, no one told me thou should not commit adultery, no one told me thou should not covet, covetousness was free. Come this wasn't something I had to put a ring and a ring on, something that I had to put a harness on. But when the law came and harnessed my desire, now I find that there's a battle, Paul begins to say. That there's a battle because though my mind wants to serve God, though my spirit, though I understand that, that God has a standard, there's still something in me that's moving me against it. So let me continue to read. For I was alive, verse 9. Without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. I understood that because my spirit, man, stood strong because the flesh, I didn't know it, but the flesh realm. So Aaron existed as a conqueror, Aaron existed as someone that was above, Aaron existed. But then the law came, and the law came, and I found Aaron to change to do the law. We wanted to change and do what God said, but we can't. So where I thought I was strong at, where I thought I was moving in strength at, died it, it, it now. It, it decreased and diminished because now I find out that I'm not as strong as I thought I was. I was strong as long as I did it my own way. I was strong as long as I did my own thing. I was strong as long as I did what I wanted to do. But then when the commitment came, I found out I had no strength. And the commandment, which was ordained for life, because the commandment wasn't to send us to hell. The, the, the commandment wasn't a bad thing. The commandment was good because God had a demand. It's not, just, it's not the ten suggestions. It's the ten commandments. God had a demand and put it in commandments for us. But now, let me read verse 10 again. And the commandment, which was ordained to life. That we may live a righteous life, that under the law, that we may live a sanctified life under the law, I found to be death. Why? Why would this life, why would this thing that God gave us be considered death for me? Because, let me read, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceives me. Because sin now taking occasion when it wanted to rear its head, when it wanted to show up. It set me at odds against the word of God. It set me against the very God who wanted to pull me out of the muck and mire. Sin came and stood up. Now I begin to recognize that it's not me, and Paul's going to say that, that it's not me any longer, but there's a separation of soul and spirit. That's why the Bible says the soul that sinneth shall die, because there's a choice there that rests and resides in the bosom of every man and every woman to make a choice. It's not always an easy choice, but... Once we recognize that, you know, i got to get into Romans 8 for that, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Brother, God bless you. As we move forward in the things of God, we begin to see that there's another nature. Let me continue to read. For sin, by the occasion of the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Killed, my, killed me what? Killed my life. Kill, my it's, it's the same word, kill, as, as God told Adam and Eve, is the day that you do eat it, you shall surely die. And although Adam lived to be over 900 years old, it says this day in the, uh, with the Lord is a 1,000 years. So he did in the Lord's eyes. He died the same day, my God, I believe. Adam died the same day. Though in time, though in criminals, he lived almost a thousand years, but he didn't make it a day with God. He died before that day was over. He died, my God, hallelujah. Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Because if I can conform, if I can get my life to live what God is calling me, what God is showing me, what God is commanding me, then all these things apply. But thank God, thank God we have a Savior. Because no man could keep the law, no woman could keep the law. We couldn't keep the law because if we could keep the law, there would be no need for a Savior. But because God knew he had to show us, hey. I want this from you, and I'm going to give you this demand. I'm going to give you this commandment. I'm going to give you these guidelines to go by, but you ain't going to be able to do it. That's why I'm going to allow turtle doves and rams and bullocks and goats and she goats and he rams, and I'm going to allow these things to be sacrificed because something has to attain and atone, rather, for the sin. Hallelujah. Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? No. God forbid. But sin. And, again, God, tried, Paul trying to recreate and to reiterate the, the presence of sin that's, listen, in our members, I was so upset with myself. I was so upset with myself for a long time, and, and, and not because I was weak, but because I wasn't, but I chose. that. that the, the more I think about it, the more I even go back to where we were at the beginning of the broadcast, where I just felt so unworthy of the things that God had for me that I didn't pursue them because I didn't think, not just that I didn't qualify, but I didn't deserve it. Someone else. God, you got to use someone. God God, has to be someone else. God, God, you have to not just use somebody else, but why you put this stuff in me. Who? Who, God. And and even when I think I feel happy and sad, I want to cry, and I want to rejoice, I want to shout and scream, and I want to boo-hoo at the same time because the mercy of God. It's because of the mercy of God that none of us are consumed. But look what he's done for us. He's redeemed our lives. He, he's moved us into righteousness. He's moved us into victory. We can say now that we're more than conquerors through him, now, not through our own effort, but through him. Why we get up, why we pray, why we get on our feet? why we fast, why we meditate, because we recognize that without him, because this flesh, listen, this flesh will do what it want to do if you don't keep it under subjection. This flesh will do what it wanted to do. You, you might not be out sinning, but you got some issues. You got some issues that you need to take to the altar. And my challenge every time I get on this air is to move us up to another level to move us up higher than the than just your calling just to be a churchgoer just to be saved just to make it barely in. But I want you to go in triumphantly, go in running through troops, leaping over walls, fulfilling and fulfilling and purpose and pressing into the kingdom of God. That the will of God may be manifest, not just in your life, but in the life of those around you, your family members, your children, your children his children, because God didn't call us for ourselves. He saved us, but he saved us with purpose for someone. My God, Hallelujah! that's in Romans 8. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay in Romans 7, but I'm so excited about what he's he done in chapter 8, because we're no longer in bondage to fear. We're no longer in bondage to sin. That's why the first verse of chapter 8 starts off with this grand entry. There is therefore now no condemnation. I'm going to just read through the remaining scriptures that are in chapter 7 as we go up. I'm going to start at verse 13, then I'm going to just read down to the end. What was then that which is good made death to me? God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become what? Exceeding sinful. That is, I say this often, until sin becomes exceeding sinful, uh, until you get to a point where you love the will of God more than you love yourself, than you love to fulfill your desire. Listen, and it's still going to be a struggle if you're not exercising yourself spiritually, you have this. I don't just read the Bible for a word. I don't just read the Bible because I'm a minister. I don't just read the Bible because the pastor said that. I read it because I find, found out that it's my daily sustenance. It's my daily food. It's my daily nourishment for my spirit because as the day is, the word tells us in Deuteronomy, as my day is, God has given me grace. God has given me strength. God has given me sustenance. God has given us the things that we need for today so what happens tomorrow I have to come back for tomorrow I have to come back for the strength for tomorrow. I have to come back for sustenance for tomorrow. I have to come back for victory for tomorrow. I'm not planning what's happening three months ahead. Yeah, we do and we schedule. I got a day timer. I got some calendar under my desk. I got a calendar in my bag. I got a calendar in my car. I got a calendar in my book bag for my business. I have a reschedule, but we plan our days one by one with God. God, what do you have for me today? We understand that sufficient is the evil, but grace, ah, yes, God. Because we're sinner bound. Grace does much more about I want you to recognize that Christ in you is the hope. Listen, the daydream of heaven, Christ in you, Christ in you and I, Christ in us is the hope of heaven, that Christ may be fully formed in us, that Jesus may be fully formed in us, that Jesus may be fully manifested in your Listen, through his suffering through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, through him in you and I as we move forward in the things of God through prayer. And I'm looking at Sister Acox, Reverend Acox's comment, and I'm thinking about her pursuit in prayer, how she pursues God. You, you can tell when someone chases after God just with a hallelujah. You know when someone just is saying, hey, how you doing? Oh, hey, God bless you. Yeah, and just casually talking to you. But you also recognize when someone is talking to you in a spirit of desperation because you hear it in their voice. You feel it in their spirit when you and their spirit connects that there's a desperation. Because I'm not just praising the Lord because God's been good. I'm praising him because I want him to dwell here. I want him to stay here. I want him to Fellowship. When I open my mouth, I want Him to be present. When I close my eyes, I want Him to be present. When I open my eyes, I want Him to be present. So I pursue Him, not just in prayer, not just in fasting, not just in casual conversation as I'm talking through throughout the day, but in my worship, in my love, in my service. I want God's presence there because listen, we can have church all day without the presence of God. For we found that the Pharisees were very religious, but Christ called them a generation of vipers. We found out that the religious leaders, they had all the accolades of the time. They had all the degrees. They had all the, <laughs> all of the letters behind and in front of their names, but didn't have the presence of God. They had the law. They even said, we have the law and Moses. They had the law, but they did not have the Savior. What good is it that we walk around in this condemnation that we find in our flesh? And and, and I'm glad that I never got to the point where I was satisfied. I know some people are satisfied because they understand or they feel they understand what Christ has done. I'm forgiven, past, present, and future. So they just, you know, if they slip and fall, to them it don't bother their conscience. To me, it dogs me every time. But it didn't stop me. Though I walked around with a heavy head, though I walked around in condemnation, it didn't stop me because I felt helpless. Let's read. I said myself gonna keep reading. Let me start reading again. For first fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For that which I allow now and this is the part that everyone rehearses. Not for what I would that I do not, but what I hate that I do. And we know the, the, the hand. Yes, that was, that was me. Then I then I do which what I would not and consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I began to recognize that. There was a fight there. There was a struggle there. There was another person there. Seemed like I was two people. I had this duality. And we don't want to talk about dualism because that's a whole different doctrine. But I found that there was a different person because Aaron wanted to do right. Aaron knew he wanted to do right, but Aaron found himself right here in first in chapter 7 of Romans. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that envy that is in my flesh, in this skin that we have, this thing that we cherish, that we bathe, that we clean, that we pamper, in this thing we have dwells no good thing. For to real is present. I want to do it. I want to get it right. I want to be a Christian. I want to be holy. I want to be sanctified. I want to be what God is calling me to will is present with me. But how do I do it? That's where, the, that's where the trouble came in. How to do it that I don't find. For God, for the good that I would, I do not. For the evil, which I would not, that I do. Now, verse 20, if I do that, which I would not, it is no more I that do it but sin that dwells in me. I find then, here you go, that when I find then, I've missed the word, a law. When I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. And, and, and we, we're going to get it when, we, when it when it comes about in chapter 8. We're going to get into that, that there's a law. And 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 Paul called it in chapter 8, and I, I, I want to get it in there. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. But that law doesn't apply if you're not living in sin. Listen, if you're living in sin, the law of sin and death still applies to you. I don't want to say that Christ's blood has become none effect, but there's a law there. We, we, we want the benefits of the spirit of life and peace. We want the benefits of the law of life and peace in Christ, but we don't want the practices. We, we, we don't want the practices of holiness. We don't want the practices and the processes of sanctification. But when we apply, we want to know why we struggle, because we are applying our lives according to the law, Of sin and death. Let me keep reading. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body? of this death. This is some good stuff, I tell you. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, don't get that twisted. But that's where people say, "Well, see, that's where say God knows my heart. He knows what's in my mind. He knows what I really want to do, you know." But I, I, I'm struggling with this, and, and hey, you might be struggling. God bless you. But yeah, a brother, do he understand what struggling look like? Yeah. You know, so we 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 understand that, but that's not a place where Christ designed for us to stay. It's it's, it's to recognize but it's to recognize our helplessness, it's to recognize our depravity, it's to recognize our awful sinful and dreadful sinfulness without being justified, without Christ, without faith, without moving into the law of life and peace, which is delivered to us and placed in us by the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. Listen, this is what chapter 8 tells us, because listen, it's therefore now,
1: because there are
0: processes, They are processes. Yeah, they are processes. Yeah, and I'm saying that for a certain, certain person we used to work, work with them, and they were a data process, you know, as far as writing processes for the manufacturing line. And they used to always say processes. Yeah, I'm like, what is processes? Yeah, processes. And, and so the processes of justification and progressive, being justified. I'm being progressively sanctified if I apply this flesh to obey the law of life and peace because there are things in this flesh I have to do. Why? To mortify the flesh because if I continue to live my life according to the law of the flesh, the flesh gains ground, the flesh gains strength, the flesh gains appetite as I feed it. Uh, we're going to get into that. But verse 1 in chapter 8, and we are almost done. I see it's already past 830. There is therefore now no condemnation. So right now, I can allow what my past was to be my past, but it has no bearing on who I am now. So I, I allow, I allow what my flesh tells me to feel, feel what you want flesh, but I'm gonna to choose to do the right thing. Because we know that the flesh goes through motions of the flesh. It goes through those, it goes through those tendencies to try to do and try to take over and try to move into areas of your life where you've been delivered from. And God, the devil's a liar. We're not gonna exercise, we're not gonna entertain those things because we recognize that there's a law. That even at the slowest point, even at its lowest point, even at its weakest point, I don't want to give the flesh a foothold into anything that God is trying to work in me because I, I told you I want to see God in the things that I do. And I know you want to see God in the things that you do, and some of you, most of you, a lot of you are seeing God move, but who wants more? Who wants greater? I always say this and I always challenge the men. We are part of a men's fellowship. And I always challenge the men because we come from under a biblical teacher or or from a pastor that prayed. I would say three, four, five, maybe more hours a day and pray and, and a pastor that does the same and that loves the word. You know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't always get men and women that's after God's heart, that's in leadership, that God puts in front of you. But for those that have, if you've been blessed to have one, two, three great leaders, you are in the favor of God. But it's not just to have church for you. It's because he's equipping you. Why? It says, why did he put pastors and teachers and apostles and those in the mind? Why did he do that? Not that we all just come in the room, come in the building and have a bonfire and say kumbaya, but that we may all become effective. Why? Because as we learn where we fit, I might be a hand, I might be a foot, you might be an eye, you might be an arm, you might be whatever you are, whatever part of the ministry, whatever gift you have, God has placed things in the body that we all. Why? Because I got to listen to the brother who I think is less. I got to listen to the brother who I think is more. I got to listen to everyone because he is pouring into me that I can be more efficient. If I'm humble enough to still be teachable, if I'm humble enough to still hear when God is speaking, regardless of who he's using, because we're not listening really for each other. Yeah, you want to hear me? Yeah, Brother Aaron's going to give us the word. Yeah, praise the Lord for Brother Aaron. But I'm, I'm here. I'm still I'm, I'm teaching. I'm ministry, and I'm still listening for God myself. Because the word that He gives, I still gotta abide. I gotta live by it in my walk. I can't just give it to you and live some other way. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they gave the word and put all these restrictions on people and laws. They made over six hundred amendments to the law and extra commandments that they put to burden and pass the people to make the path to heaven so difficult. But Christ corrected it. The path is not difficult. It's through Christ. I was talking to my granddaughter, and she said, well, you know, my spiritual journey, What well, spiritual journey, you ain't got to go far, you just got to look to Jesus. People want to be spiritual. People want to make it so mystical. People want to make it so deep and revelatory. But just accept Jesus, the simplicity of the gospel that Christ, God, gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our stead, because we were sinners, sold under sin, tricked by the enemy, and now are in need of a Savior because this flesh, this nature, is deprived is without God. And we're going through all these things that we can do to um, not amend ourselves but look good and to dress up the outside. And God is saying, I want you on the inside. (laughs) And I don't really want to get into that because I feel that already uh, because this is where God really is ministering to me on the inside. Uh, that, That envy, give it to me. That jealousy, give it to me. That lustfulness, give it to me. I I, I see and I recognize that it's in the flesh, but what the devil is trying to do is trying to move you out, especially with men, he's trying to move you out of a place of a mind, listen, of a warrior. He's trying to move you out of the place of a mind of tenacity. He's trying to move you so meek. And we've been taught and been wooed that, you know, and we're trying to be so soft and so understanding. And so, hey, listen, we're to love everybody. But there's a warrior in you, my God. There's warfare going on that we can't be timid about while we're trying to learn how to live this life walking around with sandals on, the devil's wreaking habit. We're men that say anything, women that say anything. And if we name the name of Jesus once, they want to shut us down. But I'm gonna tell you, you gotta name the name of Jesus. I'm trying to get to, I'm trying to get past verse one <laughs> you know, with Romans eight. There is therefore now. No condemnation.
1: I'm no longer
0: condemned. You're no longer condemned. We're no longer condemned. Listen, to them which are in Christ Jesus. There's a clause there. To them. There's exclusivity there. To them. Not to them that are in the church. Not to them that are in religion. Not to them who are on the road. Not to them who are going to the altar, but to them who are in Christ. And see, I can't put you in Christ. I can't put you in heaven. I can't put you in hell. And I believe that we know. I believe it. This is what Brother Andrew, I believe we know when we're in Christ, for sure. Because we know our secrets. We know our shortcomings. Listen. So does God, and so does the enemy of your soul, which is in Christ Jesus, who, listen, walk not after the flesh. Wait a minute. That's another cross. So he didn't just put the exclusivity of Christ in there, but he also made it a little bit even, a little bit more exclusive. Not just those that are in Christ, but those that are in Christ who aren't carnal. Those who are in Christ who are worldly, Those who are in Christ who are walking still according to the will of the world, the will of their flesh, and the desires of man. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those, I'm looking at this exclusivity where he broke it down three times. Who are in Christ. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, (laughs) and I think I'm going to stop there. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm no longer bound to sin. I'm no longer a sinner. I've been called to life and peace. I've been called not just to life, but I've been called by the spirit of life. The spirit of life dwells in you and I. The spirit of life dwells, and maybe we'll go into that when we come back. Our next broadcast is the 18th, April 18th, is our next broadcast when we come back. The law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, by faith, we good. By faith, we walk. By faith, we live because we recognize how and what God has done in us. Does it make the walk easy? Sure does, but not all the time. Sometimes you got to fight with your own self. Sometimes you got to fight with so-called friends. Sometimes you got to fight with loved ones. Sometimes you got to oppose the very world itself and the devil. But there's a place that God moves you to from strength to strength, rank to rank. I didn't know how much strength I had until I recognized myself in a fight. This is a child of God. I'm going to stop there. I know we we didn't even get that. I didn't even get to the scripture. (laughs) I'm supposed to get all the way past the first 20 verses today. I'm still in verse 3. But we do thank God. Listen, God has called us. To a higher calling. God has called us to a holy calling. This call goes out to those. And it's for everyone. Everyone who says they don't know Christ. Everyone who named the name of Christ. But you're still living a carnal life. I want to challenge you. I, I don't want you to be as one of those who have held the truth in unrighteousness. Because listen, he who will let now will let until he be taken out of the way while the antichrist is preparing while the world is preparing one world government, one world currency, while the end is drawing near, we're still satisfied to shout, to dance, to worship and to run around the church, but don't change our lives. I want to tell you, God has more for you. We don't want you to be in that group of those that entered into the broad gate, as we ministered the beginning of the year because both chose, but some chose the majority way. They both went to a gate. They both were walking down a street. They both were headed in a direction, but some decided to go the broad way where the majority went, but few went into the straight gate. Won't you challenge your heart, challenge your spirit today to enter in at the straight gate? His name is Jesus. Said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father, but by me, any man who's come any other way may be accounted as a thief and a robber. You must come in at the door. My God, hallelujah. I want want to pray with you, you know, pray for you. But uh, this prayer of repentance is something we do at the end of each broadcast. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat it. I want you to mean it as you repeat it, wherever you're listening, on Facebook Live, on Twitter, you know, wherever you're hearing is on Blog Talk, internationally, within the states, wherever you're hearing, whatever time of day that you'll see it, whatever time you'll hear it. The Bible says, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. We want you to allow the spirit of the Lord as you say yes to God tonight, that you would give your heart to him. I'm going to say a prayer you want to repeat after me. You want to say it to God and mean it with your heart. For the Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead that we shall be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So say these words. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive me of my sin, and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ save my soul, and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I ask it in Jesus' name to his glory. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. If you say what you meant and you meant exactly what you said. God has done what you asked him to do. Let me pray for you. God, I do thank you, and I bless you for each and every hearer that will repeat this prayer and that have repeated this prayer. God, I pray, God, that you would sanctify them by your word. God, that you would deliver them from every vice, every hang-up, every hookup. God, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would lead them To a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church, God, that you would give them the desire for the sincere milk of the word as newborn babes, God, that they may grow in your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you amen, we're going to bring on our backstage, you know, engineer, and pastors that are there to give you further instructions, you know, on your walk with the Lord and how to correspond with purpose kingdom. And we're going to come back, you know, after a few announcements and uh we'll come back and give you the final word and the benediction. God bless you.
1: Amen. Amen. And uh we appreciate you Reverend Williams. And, uh, yes, tonight's message is very powerful, and this is the reason why I call you my favorite reverend, because, yes, you do. And true don't get you, in no trouble, man. Uh Deliver the message. Don't get, and don't get in no the trouble. The message that God has, has, has sent you, and you translated it perfectly to us. So real quickly, I'm going to go ahead and do the announcements. This is a product of Purpose Team <clears throat> Network. i like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are whether you listen to us via phone or the Internet. We greatly appreciate your support and your listenership here at Purpose Kingdom Network, and we thank those that share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, uh, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And anytime you're listening, you can press the number 1, and you can talk to our host. Also, uh, we invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where you can uh see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time we do make major announcements on this social media pages as well with others, but also on Instagram and Twitter at purpose underscore kingdom. And you can uh from there you can do likewise. <clears throat> we invite you to like us at purpose Kingdom net at gmail.com, where you can send your emails, and from there, we uh, will correspond with you uh, from those emails, and you can send your praise reports, you can say, uh, how you doing, or you can just simply say hello, and also, if you're in need of a Bible, uh, just leave the contact information, and we'll see about sending you a Bible. Uh, anytime you want to hear any of our past broadcasts, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can just simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in, in its entirety and at your convenience. And uh, we also, once again, thank those that uh, share with their friends and family members. Okay, and um, well, God bless God's blessing, We hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour. And it's going to be It's Your Story, So Tell It. It's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. So once again, with God's will and God's blessing, We hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for It's Your Story, So Tell It. And that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. So with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements. And we're going to go back to our favorite ministry. Hey. <laughs> All right. You said that you,
0: you're going to get in trouble, man. I did not tell him to say that. Pastor Cross told me to try hard. (laughs) We have a fellowship in July
1: up in Philly. You know, um, with with me
0: starting this business, you know, and being not just the sole proprietor, but the only employee. I'm 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 the employee, president, CEO, (laughs) CFO, COO.
1: <laughs>
0: we, we thank God. We 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 thank God. I will try harder old Pastor. But we thank God, listen, there is therefore now no condemnation to them. Who are in Christ Jesus? I, I, I'm I'm so glad for that, and because that burden of guilt is off of our spirit, we can move forward with boldness. We we come boldly before the throne of grace to find grace and help in a time of need. Why? Because this this is not just our God now. This is not just some overseer. This is not just the man upstairs, the man in the sky. This is not just the God of thunder you know, The God got thunder ready to beat us up on the head with a lightning bolt or with a hammer. This is daddy. This is, this is father. This is someone who, through the atonement, has reconciled you and I back to himself. My God. When he didn't have to. He didn't have to leave glory. He, he didn't have to make a sacrifice. He didn't have to come and die. My God. He, he didn't have to do what he did, but he did it because he loved us. And, and I'm already, I'm still in chapter 8. <laughs> For he that spared not his own son. Listen, if he allowed Jesus to come to leave glory, to leave his glory, he, he, he left the majesty on high, left the presence of God and the holy angels, left his throne, left this glorified body, left his state that Peter, James, and John seen him on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was transfigured before him. To put on flesh, my God, to put on flesh that he may become one of us, not to live. But to die, my God. He came, he came to die. He came to be the sacrifice. The Bible reminds us if the if the gods of this world, if the princes of this world would have known that's why he came, they wouldn't have never killed me. But God. Mm. But he died. Hallelujah. But he died. Hallelujah. She died. And there's a law of sin and death that if there was any sin in him, he wouldn't have been able to rise because he would have been bound by the law, because he came to fulfill the law, my God. But because there was no sin in him, death couldn't hold him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, death couldn't hold him because there was no sin in him. He became sin that knew no sin. That you and I, we might become the righteousness. <laughs> I want to go to Galicia. <laughs> that we might become the righteousness of God. That we, you and I, can stand, can sit here, can minister here as though we have never committed a sin. There's no guilt anymore. There's no condemnation Anymore, The past is the past, but we're moving forward in him. But if we sin, not when we sin, we have an advocate. Hallelujah. With the Father, Jesus, the righteous. My God, I tell you, if you don't know him, I, I, I want to challenge you to get to know him. There's a church, we have the Deliverance Evangelist Church here in the Philadelphia area, so 2001 West Lehigh in North Philadelphia. We have a Deliverance Church in Augusta. We have a few churches in Detroit, in North Carolina, all across the United States. We have a fellowships here in Hampton, and we have fellowships all through Georgia, that are affiliated with the Deliverance Evangelistic Church. We have churches in India. We have churches, was in the Ukraine, you know, and continue to pray for them. We have churches all over. But listen, if you can't find a Deliverance Evangelistic Church, if you can't find a church where you believe the people are faithful, where, where you see that they're living any kind of way and you just don't feel comfortable, and you still but you still feel a wooing in your spirit, I want to challenge you. To start right in your living room. Start right in your study. Start right in your garage. Start right in your neighborhood lobby. But start moving toward what God is calling you on the inside to do. That's my challenge for you tonight. So <laughs> praise the Lord. Remember, um, we're on every other week. So we'll be back at 8 o'clock on April the 18th, Lord willing, and we're going to get into this Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter. This chapter has really been blessing me. Like I said, I've been reading it out loud and declaring it through the house, and I said, you know what? I'm going to share from that today because it really ministers and really blesses me. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you. Um you. Let's pray. God, we do thank you and we bless you for your word. We know that your word won't return to your void, but it will accomplish what you sent it out to do. God, in the thing, where to you sent it. So we pray, God, for every hearer of your word in the name of Jesus, even as we had spoken earlier, God, for those that are hearers only are not justified, but it's you that works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So move us, God, from hearing only. God, and challenge us to move into what you're calling us to do in these last and evil days. We pray for every family, every family that's represented, their children, their spouses, God, their loved ones, God, those that have been past the crowds and those that um, have ministries, God, everyone that you placed under their leadership, we pray for them. We pray for pastors, God, the shepherds of your flock, God, we pray, God, that you would strengthen them in the name of of jesus and we bless you in jesus bless purpose kingdom bless bar talk bless pastor toy brother Rod, who continue to work behind the scenes to make sure that we go forward god without technical difficulties and without any hindrances god and we just pray god that you would bless them bless us continually god but not only bless us continue to make us a blessing in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have enjoyed the rest of your evening. Love you in the middle of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will
1: not lose. Set me free, I, I will not lose. Never want to see you down,
0: I will not lose. He saved me.